Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week, I bring you stories that will inspire you, educate you, and my one big word is to give hope. Today, I want to acknowledge my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, a global creative agency located right here in downtown Chandler. And I also want to acknowledge my episode sponsor, and that is Misty McCoy with Arizona Mobile Notary Signing Agents. Life moves fast. You never know if you might be in a position to buy, sell, refi, adopt, need a POA or living trust. Misty's organized, prompt, and comes to you for all your notary needs. Now, onto our guest today. My guest is Daryl Brandt. He's known as the dreaded barber. Daryl has become a big part of his community. He's given dignity, respect, and kind words, and a life-changing haircut to pro sports figures, movers and shakers, senior citizens, toddlers, hmm, and the homeless. We'll get more into what all of that meant. Please help me welcome my guest today, Daryl. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yes, I had learned that you had, hmm, so we're going to start with this. We all have a thing that, things that are important to us. And we figure if we lose them, we can't move forward. But you had three losses in the same time frame. Your father, a business, and your marriage all at the same time, or very close into the same increment of time. And that was probably where you were like, what do I do? How do I get moving forward? Which is why you have this mission of your own. Would you like to go back as to how you felt that day to move forward as to why you're here today? Ab absolutely. Um, so one of the things that I noticed was I was going through life and I had a, a solid marriage, I thought, and my father was suffering from Alzheimer's, and so there was a gradual decline there. You know it's gonna happen sooner or later. Um, but when it did hit me, it was debilitating in so many ways that I can't even begin to imagine, and until you're in that scenario, it's hard to explain mm -hmm. what happened. Um, and my marriage fell apart, and we were partners with a business, and the business closed in the hot neighborhood in downtown Phoenix in Roosevelt Row. We mm -hmm. had public image. It was a salon and barber shop. Mm -hmm. I'm a barber. She was a stylist. Mm -hmm. And we had a great group of people and things were going wonderfully. And it all just kind of collapsed at once. And three weeks later, COVID hit. So oh, we love that era. I, yeah, the, the industry, the hair industry closed down in general. So I was like, okay, well, I should go work someplace, you know, another salon or a barber shop or, or do another venture of one form or another. And what I found was, as I was trying to get my footing behind me, I started slipping further and further, and I dealt with situational depression. And the trauma of losing one thing, two things, three things, add COVID, that's a fourth trauma that people are dealing with. Um, it, I didn't know where to turn. I had never been in those deep, dark waters before. It was very unchartered to me. And I didn't know how to get out of it or how to find help. Can I tell you something, Daryl? Sure. That 2020 era, it didn't matter what platform you were on, how much money you had or didn't have, or lifestyle you had, everybody got a reset yeah. and probably felt the same thing you did with the depression and the dark waters. The most successful people we've learned also had lost their lives because they couldn't handle what they were used to. We get into a comfort of everything in our lives, and that's what this is about. We get a comfort that everything is gonna be okay, but we don't think the unexpected can happen. 
and I say these three things to anybody that I meet. Nobody is exempt from three things. Well, probably four. Right. Three things for sure. No one's exempt from trauma. No one's exempt from illness. But no one's exempt from blessings either. And out of these things that happen to anybody and yourself, um, there was a blessing that was in disguise that took place. So being a barber, and you are known as the dreaded barber, hence the hair. <laughs> Where did you find yourself coming out of the dark waters that gave you a purpose to the organization you now have today that helps other people? Uh, it's twofold. Professionally speaking, I started thinking about what I did, what I've done over the past 20 years. I've now been a barber for 23 years. Um, at that point, it was like, where did I find the most joy in cutting? And I had musicians that were playing at the Marquee Theater or in the stadium or arena. I had politicians in town. I had professional athletes that were in my chair, and I enjoyed them. And I had my regular customers that could be in every week, two weeks, five weeks for haircuts. Um, but a, an organization came to me called Trevor's Vision, and they were feeding people up the street at Grace Lutheran Church, which is a block and a half from where my shop was. And they had been trying for about three years to find someone to come and give haircuts to the homeless. And I thought, well, I'm not going to do it. And they're like, oh, we're used to hearing that. And I said, well, I'm not going to do it because you're serving in a cafeteria and there's food and haircuts, not a good mix. But they didn't know at the time my shop was only a block and a half away. I said, how about if they, I leave my books open from 7 to 10 after you feed them from 5 to 7. And whenever somebody comes in for a haircut, I'll take care of them. And that was the blessing for me. When my shop was open and then even afterwards, um, that was something that I really reveled in as being a positive thing that I was giving back to the community. I'm a huge supporter of doing things for the community, helping people less fortunate than I am. And there's sometimes where I was, uh, you know, worried about making my car payment or do I have rent to pay this month? Am I going to be able to, to keep a roof over my head? And so I started connecting with these people and I found that we're closer to them than we are to the Jeff Bezos of the world or the Zuckerberg, Zuckerman or, um, you know, anyone else. In, the, in, in, the billionaire, the, the billionaires, yeah. Absolutely so, you know, there's, what I found was people are often saying, oh, well, you know, they're, they're down on their luck, but it's because they're on drugs or they have mental health issues or they're alcoholics. Or, and I said, no, these people are some of the most great, gracious and grateful people I ever cut. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, it's somebody that's living paycheck to paycheck, and we've seen a lot of people that can relate to that, myself included. Mm -hmm. um, and then they have a trauma in their life. Maybe there's a medical situation, maybe their car breaks down and they're not able to get to work, so they lose their job, they live in a place where public transportation is not an option, mm -hmm. and now they're stuck on an island. I wanted to mention that some people, and you said it, and it was like, oh yeah, let me say this somebody's worst day ever could be their car breaking down because the car is what gets them from point A to point B for yeah. a job or to pick up family members or whatever the case may be. It's not always a luxury part. It's a right. more of a necessity. Right. So, yeah. So when someone says, oh, it could be worse, you're absolutely right. It could be worse. But for somebody who's not dealing with anything else and that one small thing that we would find small right. is huge. I know I've been there. <laughs> I've it, been there and, and I don't know who else hasn't been there where they've even... I mean, some people are so attached to their phone, they're thinking, oh, right. my worst case scenario is my phone, but you I don't I couldn't know. live without my phone. Yeah. I, well, you could. You could. We did ultimately. before. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But we've been programmed right. to be um, using right. it for everything. So this moved even forward because 
you are a barber and mm -hmm. I know ladies when you get your nails done or if you get a massage what do we do we talk to the person who's performing our services right and that is something that you always had at Ab your footsteps absolutely too. It, it's something that a relationship is built with somebody and to the point if you're in a town like I've been here for uh, my son's 18 so I've been here 16 years I've built relationship with multiple generations in families so there's sometimes I can hear about the dad's problem with the son and then later the son's problem with the dad and I can get those two talking about it. What I found as I realized that that was an important factor of what I do for a living was uh, someone recommended that I go to ACEs training which is, um, a, um, uh, excuse me, I just vapor locked okay. on it. Um, acute tra childhood trauma. Oh, I so, fall in that category. So yeah. I started learning about trauma and the mm -hmm. things that are starting it. And what we realize is, like we said, the small things mm -hmm. is what it can be. And people are like, oh, why are they flipping out? Why are they acting up? Well, you act out because you don't know the words to describe what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But you could be at, you know, if I always use the example of if you have a glass of water and it's 97% full and you have a 4% problem, you're going to overflow. And everyone's going to look at it and go, oh, it's just, it was just something little, but that little thing could What's be the, the thing that puts point. you over the point. Absolutely, the breaking yeah. point, yeah. So toddlers, you had the toddlers in here. Where does the toddlers come into play? We actually was, um, I mean, we, we're going to go into the homeless. Okay, sure. <laughs> but, you know, you talked about how, um, you know, life-changing a haircut can be. The life-changing part is being that person that yeah. is someone's, outlet for that very moment that they're probably needing it. Exactly. It is support. It's all about support. And I'm about to, uh, in January, I'll finish my certified peer support specialist as someone who's gone through depression and situational depression. Now I want to reach out in an even bigger way to help people. So toddlers, um, again, multiple generations of, of customers over the years. Is there's a grandson or a son that pops into the family's picture. Um, I've, ha I've had those little guys giving people their first haircuts, you know, uh, nine months old, and, and they're sitting still on mom and dad's lap, and uh, it's just some th one of the things that I can say, some people are like, oh, I, I don't like to do kids, I don't like to do anyone under 14 or 18 or whatever. And I'm like, if they've got hair, I'll cut them. It's know. their level of patience or understanding. Absolutely. And here's one thing I, I just realized when you said that, and I noticed this on something else that I was just involved with. Mm -hmm. We tell our kids not to talk to strangers, but we put them in front of characters at Disneyland. Right. We put them in a lap to get their hair cut and say, oh, let's have a conversation. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, I'm still trying to figure that one out. Right. You know, but because in the end, we're all strangers, but now we're not strangers. But we all need each other. We absolutely People need do. people. We you know, you can't live do. on an island. But it also comes with, like you said, the trust part, too. And trust is the foundation to every single relations, personally and professionally. Right. And you get to be the person in the chair where this might be something that you actually can relate to, only because I sit here in my own chair right. and have guests such as yourself mm -hmm. and anyone else who sees the stories is, I've been changed by your story and whoever else that can relate. And so that's the same thing. You're now sitting in a, ch you're having someone sit in your chair as you're sitting in mine. Right. And you're giving a life-changing moment for them to say, I trust you to sit here and share whatever I want to share with no judgment. Absolutely. Yeah. And hopefully you'll walk away from this interview and think, oh, you know, because of Daryl, I've picked up something that I'm going to adopt. I've certainly done it, like you said. Mm -hmm. um, I have one of my customers that sat in my chair and said, Daryl, I need a haircut that I can change the world with. Oh. 
And I was like, okay, you know, no pressure. Sure. So I went ahead and started cutting him. And he goes, I'll let you know if it works or not. Oh. And I'm like, sure. So <laughs> about a week and a half later, I get a phone call and he's been accepted to Harvard. He's a, a grown man. He's got uh, kids that are teenagers and in their 20s now. Uh, but he called and said, I'm going to become an administrator of education mm. going through a program at Harvard. There's only like 30 people that get accepted. And your haircut's one of the things that drew somebody's attention when I was being interviewed. I'm going to add to that. Can I? Sure. I don't think it's so much as it was the haircut as the confidence behind it. Right. Of course. Mm-hmm. No, no, it was the haircut. <laughs> 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 we'll go yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, I probably should get mine right. done too. Mine needs life-changing. <laughs> um, it is. It's, it only takes, we've heard this before, it only takes one person to make a difference. Yes. And when I say a difference, that can go both ways because there's the opposite to every single thing in life. Yes. But in this situation, you want to be that positive, life-changing moment right. that someone can walk away and say, you know what, even if you didn't say anything to me based on whatever I was throwing out at you mm -hmm. as a total stranger, I felt better that I put it out there. Then you walk away with saying, you know what, my day I thought was so tough, it's not that tough. Right. Right? Absolutely. It's a go. So that's one of the things that I learned in trauma training was people are in desperate situations and they can be seriously desperate or you know just a mild bad day desperate sort of experience and it just does take one one little glimmer of hope from one person and that's going to change so are you still conducting free haircuts for the homeless and other I am. organizations okay. i am so what i'm doing now is trying to find places that need haircuts hospitals people going through rehab situations um, foster parents, people with medical conditions where they're not able. Uh, one I've got a customer up in Troon, six months younger than I am. He was bitten by a mosquito and got West Nile virus. He's quadriplegic. His wife says we, we have about a year and a half with him. And he, he told me, he has a great sense of humor about himself and his situation. And he says to me, my doctor said I was the worst case that the person didn't die. Just my luck, I'm not a half-stepper. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Right? Humor has to get you through your you day. You have to. You absolutely And with that, you have to find the appreciation in your life, even on your worst day that you think is your worst day. But yes. that's life-changing right there. Like yes. I said a few minutes ago, no one's exempt from anything that's going to change their life. That one day you have everything, and the next day you have nothing. Right. But then if you have the ability to get whatever you feel back, and maybe it's not on the grander scale you thought you had it at, but... But you have the ability to try and get something back in, whether it's your dignity right. or your confidence. Right. You have that. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we had the, the fancy cars in the driveway and the house at the base of the white tanks out on the west side, and none of it was vital. It, My life's not any worse no, not having work. it. No, everybody's walk is different. Everyone's desire is different. Yep. I had a different lifestyle than what I'm at now. Mm -hmm. But... I'm good at being simple. Right. <laughs> you know, less to worry about. Absolutely. <laughs> but I also have an appreciation for it, but that's because of the walk that I have been on my own. And that sometimes is what it takes to someone else having their own walk, as you've already learned, to find the appreciation in the small things in the day. And as a result of that, and knowing that I need to pass it forward, yes. uh, Muhammad Ali has a quote that is, our service of others is the rent that we pay to live on the planet. And that really hit me hard. Mm -hmm. And I was already in a service industry and serving people that are marginalized and, and not getting the respect and dignity that they deserve as human beings. 
And I thought to myself, what can I do to most positively impact somebody's life in a 25 minute period? Because that's about how long it takes for the average haircut. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the certified peer support training comes in because I was like, I want to not only give somebody that, hey, I'm going to be okay today, but go further and be like, hey, maybe you need some help. Mm -hmm. Here's some places you can go. They're free. There's uh, services that are out there that are provided, and I can get you in touch with those people so if you're interested. Absolutely. Who's not interested in having a little bit of a, right. a boost, right. even if it's a haircut? Right. And they say that you have seven seconds to make a first impression. I think it's less than that because we yeah. use our eyes to judge people until someone speaks. Absolutely. I think that's where the seven seconds come from. Yep. You get two hours in a chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. Right, right. <laughs> well, they could, but I don't know if yeah, they could if yeah, you started cutting their yeah. hair. Yeah, so, um, which brings me to something that I have learned. Not only is it the ACES training, but you have a nonprofit organization. Tell me more about it. So I was so busy with social media when we had the salon and barbershop public image that I never really promoted myself. It was always getting people in, selling products, getting new uh, talent to be recognized as be being part of our style tribe. Um, and so I needed a name for this nonprofit that I was looking for, and I thought the Dreaded Barber. So I'll go with that. So it's the Dreaded Barber is my nonprofit, and it's all about, originally it was starting out as just providing haircuts for the homeless. And I'm like, if I can go out and provide haircuts for the homeless, that'd be great. And I'd have a sense of accomplishment, and what else could I possibly do from there? Mm -hmm. Well, then we started talking about, wouldn't it be great if we could get a bus that you could turn into a mobile barber shop? So now it's, it's legal by every stretch of the imagination. It's just like having a brick and mortar barber shop. Mm -hmm. And we can go down there and cut people and provide uh, shampoos, washing their hair for them. And it was like, okay, if we had a bus and I was doing haircuts, what else could you do in a vehicle? And I've reached out to customers and friends of mine, and I've got a friend that's a nurse practitioner, and he goes, well, you know, if you wanted to, we could put up medical screenings so we could raise awareness for heart disease, okay. we could raise awareness for blood pressure. Those are things that we could easily check. I'm like, okay, great. Wow. Well, then I, Trevor's Vision, the group that I'd worked with in the past, has two, two trailers, one of them, uh, rather, Trevor's Vision has a trailer that's got four showers in it. So it's like, could you imagine that we could pull up someplace and let people take a shower and also get a haircut and then have uh, either my training or we've got therapists on board that would be able to provide mental health awareness information, suicide prevention awareness, uh, drug rehabilitation, okay. uh, misuse of drugs. So we could have that going on. Then there's another group that provides laundry service. They have trailers that have laundry. So we'd be able to give somebody a shower, give them a fresh set of clothes, wash their existing clothes, and give them a haircut. Wow. And so in the world of making a difference to somebody, maybe they don't know uh, what they're going to do. They want to find a job. They've been uh, let go or, or not had an occupation Something for changed. a while. Mm -hmm. And they find out they have a job interview. And then we would be able to come in and get somebody completely prepped and ready to go for that, to take that next step. Because the most important thing about helping people on the streets is getting them off of the streets. I believe everybody should have a place to call home. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I'm thinking, I've heard this before. Someone sent me a message uh, in Messenger on Facebook this morning. Tell mm -hmm. me about Trevor's. Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, okay, I'll check it out. And then I'm yeah. like, wait a minute, that sounds familiar after you just said it. Jeff Kessler does yeah. amazing things. Oh, wow. Yeah. Why am I having him in that seat next? Yeah, absolutely. I'll pass word along oh, to him. Wow. And then PJ Dixon, our mutual friend, is all about yes. resilience. And you'll see him on a future episode. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. So that worst day that you thought you had, and now you're here. And that was what time frame? What year? Uh, it's first quarter of 2000. And we're at the end of 2022. So we're about three years past where I was at my worst. How do you feel? Cautiously optimistic. Um, <laughs> I still I still have trouble with bills, and I still um, haven't got my feet firmly on the ground as far as how this is going to take off. Um, we're, we've got a fundraiser going on right now to try and get that bus. Um, I've got several people have said they wanted to donate. They're certainly able to do that. You can go on the website, it's on the screen, mm -hmm. um, and make a donation for that. Um, once that gets going, things are going to become magical. Uh, I've already affiliated myself with Asylum Advocates, which mm -hmm. is a mental health awareness group. And the mental health aspects beyond what I do, uh, from being a peer support specialist or from ACEs training is all distribution of information. It's not clinical, it's not therapeutic, but you support people to get them to that next level of support. And with asylum advocates, they're able to do that. Uh, they've got therapists on their payroll. Very and nice. Yeah. Good collaboration. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's so many of them out there. You know, there's food banks that you could have a bus pull up at a food bank. Um, you could do the laundry service, you could do the shower service. There's so many places you could go down to the zone, down across from the Capitol. We've got 1,200 people living on the streets in downtown Phoenix right now, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to get these people homed. And uh, everybody, everybody needs a little glimmer of hope. Absolutely agree with yeah, you. That's why yeah. I do what I do. If yep. I can't save the world, each person that sits in my seat has a part in doing that. We're a team, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. So you are a current barber still. I am a in barber. In an actual brick and mortar. No, I, I, since public image closed, mm -hmm. I've been going and trying to find additional business okay. um, with rehab centers and places. Okay. Um, there, there's places where people aren't able to go to a barber shop for whatever reasons, health, uh, mental, behavioral. Um, Sometimes or, it's or transportation. Or just transportation, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, so there are schools that I've gone to that are low income and they wanted to be able to provide haircuts for their students and I'm, I'm more than willing to help with any, anyone that needs any group of people needing haircuts, that'd be great. Uh, you know, I could give you a little insight only because I'm very active in the community here in Chandler, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is the schools, when they get ready to go back to school, yep. get involved with some of the, um, the yeah. school districts yep. and, and offer that as a service because there's a lot of schools yeah. and a lot of students that could use that fresh haircut on their first day of school. I've done that with Tullison out on the west side Good for already. You. Yep. That's you. exactly the sort of, of situations I'm looking for. I'm, a, I'm an, uh, involved and I'm on the committee for the Operation Back to School Backpack yep. here in Chandler. It's my going on my fifth year. Mm -hmm. So that's where I saw it and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, that's a great give back. Absolutely. And, and it's good. all about the give back. So before I ask my final question, is there anything that I did not ask since I don't know the journey and all of the things that make your business and your dream come to life that I didn't ask or that you want to share? 
Um, let me think. No, I th you've, you've done a really good job of asking questions. I think we filled out everything. I'll go one step further and say to the people that maybe they're watching this going, you know, I'm kind of blah today or I'm dealing with some issues or I've got some, uh, some work problems or some family problems, reach out for help. Um, the stigma needs to be broken and it all starts with people talking. Mm -hmm. And what's amazing about being part of this movement towards mental health awareness is 20 years ago, I remember watching the NFL and the football players would, uh, you know, a few of them had pink cleats on. And we were like, what, the, what is that all about? Mm -hmm. and of course, it's Susan G. Coleman, mm -hmm. breast cancer awareness. Look at how that's so permeated our society mm -hmm. at this point. And I think we're at the ground level of, the, of mental health awareness doing mm -hmm. the same thing. Mm -hmm. We've had Olympic athletes that have stepped down because of mental health issues and they're like, I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Um, Patty Pemberton is a, an MMA fighter, and he just fought his two fights ago, actually. They handed him the microphone after a win, and typically it's kind of like pro wrestling, where after you win, it's beat your chest, and oh, I want to beat up this guy next, and I, you know, I'm going for that belt, and I'm doing this. And Patty said, you know, this, this victory was bittersweet today because it's Saturday night, and I'm in Las Vegas, and I just made a lot of money. But yesterday morning I was awoken by a phone call that one of my mates back in Ireland had killed himself. Mm. And he then goes on for a minute and a half about if somebody has some problems going on in their life, reach out for help, break the stigma, have the conversation. And I thought five years ago that would never have happened. Mm -hmm. And we're now opening up and saying, hey, you know what? My life's not as perfect as it looks on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I need some help. Which I want to add to something, when you're talking about how we need to talk about it, mm -hmm. and, and I might be out of line, but I think I'm pretty <laughs> parallel to it. It's not so much about talking about it as much as we need someone to listen also, because we don't always need someone to fix our problem, right. but we need a lot of people to stop and listen when we talk. How many people are on their phones or their devices and they're just in one mode and they're not really paying attention even though someone's sitting there talking to them like, uh-huh, yeah, uh -huh, uh -huh. They're not what was listening. That? Yeah, yeah. And I get to the point where I'm like, I know that you're not listening, so right. I'm gonna done. And then if you're dealing with depression, that takes it even it further, does. like I'm not being validated. Yes, yeah. all you needed was someone to just stop yeah. what they were doing yeah. and just listen. Don't have to fix it. So my son and I, my son's gonna be 28, right. and when he was younger as a teenager, which communication as teenagers, we've been sure. there, is a very difficult thing, and then you've got yeah. the hormones and everything yeah. else. And the one thing I had to learn, because I didn't have any brothers, and my mom was a single mom for several years, was, mm -hmm. How do I communicate with a boy? Because we do have different right. ways of communicating, if at all, for right. male versus female. Yes, yes. And the one thing I would, we learned this language, we still do it to this day, is if we're frustrated about something, hey, I'm just venting, so we know not to try and fix it, or add into it, we right. just, wanna, just wanna say it just to be heard, or we'll say, I just want your opinion on this, but right now, I just, I just want to just say what's on my mind. Right. And so we know, just zip it. Yep. And that has worked. Absolutely. So my son made it through his teenage years, and so did I. And <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> so then on a younger level, like dealing with grade school children, yeah. if you see them, I, I've got a friend that just told me this story, and it made sense, because it ties into all this, is they were acting up, and they're like, what do I do to get them to stop acting up? Yeah. And it's like, you know what? He's just got some problems, and he doesn't know how to tell you what that problem is. Okay. So look at what was happening. Mm -hmm. And then he comes back and tells me, and it was a simple solution. Yeah. And it was just a matter of saying, hey, look, if we do it this way, and the behavior stopped immediately. Okay. Because, yeah. Yeah. 
just all about listening. Stop what you're doing and just listen. It's someone's time that they need because they, they want not so much validation, but they want to know that they are actually being heard. Yes. So my final question is this. Okay. And I say this every single time when I ask this question is, if I was only able to ask one question to get an idea of what type of person you are or who you are, it would be this question. What message would you like to leave based on your journey? I'm going to have like a three-part question here. That's and okay. a lot of times I use song lyrics whenever I'm posting. Music is always like a connector. Absolutely. Yeah. And so one of them uh, comes from Michael Fronte's band Spearhead. Uh, bad things happen, but good things happen too. And we had already talked that sometimes people dwell on the negative and can't r recognize the blessing that's in disguise mm -hmm. or the long-term version versus short-term where that success comes from. So that would be one. Um, people need people. Healing people. Healing people is a phrase that I hear a lot of times. And if I could have one single message, um, when I took my ACES training, Sang-Hoon Yu is a minister here in town, and he was one of the facilitators for the class. And he said, you know, Daryl, anthropologically speaking, barbers throughout history in every culture have been at the front line of the first responders. Mm. So you have an incredible responsibility. Mm -hmm. And he, he made that statement at the beginning of class on the first day, and I'm surrounded by psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers, and people that have been in the industry for years. And everyone looked and said, that guy's a barber and he's coming to this class. Mm. What is he going to present? Your ears. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the relationship. And then uh, we just competed uh, with Asylum Advocates, just, uh, got a, uh, just got a grant. And it was a third of what we asked for, but it was still a, a good chunk of money. And uh, they said, you know, we liked your whole presentation, but the idea of that mobile barber shop with the mental health awareness tied into it is bold and innovative. And I think, you know, throughout my life, uh, subtlety is not a word that people often use when describing me in whatever I do. <laughs> you know, when I walk in the room, people know. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, let's just help. I, ch I challenge everyone to help each other yep. and to help others, strangers, as well as people mm -hmm. that you're uh, in relationships with and your families and your friends and your neighbors. Uh, everybody needs a little something. Mm -hmm. Be there for each other. Thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate that. I appreciate your time and then the, all the information you provided and I'm sure you'll be blessed beyond measure as you continue to go through your journey as all of us get stuck. I was just talking about it before we started and I was like, huh. I see all these wonderful blessings, and sometimes we, we don't see that we already have a blessing going on. We just right. we wanted to see it the way we want to see it. If we can just get that bus, yeah. it'll, change, it'll change thousands of lives. Thank so you for thank you for having me. Absolutely, and thank you for your time. Sure. Um, where can you be found one more time? Uh, whatever.com okay. uh, is my website, okay. and you can reach me there if you have an event. Uh, once we do get the bus, one of the things that we also were planning on doing is going to the music festivals, the cultural festivals around town where we would set up for the weekend and people would be able to make donations that way. And that way we'd be out providing the service uh, for free for people, but then, uh, you know, mental health awareness, but then we could raise awareness for our organizations 
by going out to these other events around town and providing a presence that way. Well, I'll let you know this. I'm very connected in the city of Chandler here because I do a lot of things as give back and on committees for things that are actually making a difference as you are. Perfect. So when that cultural thing comes about, let me know because I'm here. I will connect you. I'm here. All right. I'd love to be a resource. Thank you. Yes. Wonderful. Oh, my goodness. Another great story. I want to thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, your creative global agency located right here in downtown Chandler. If you have a story you want to share, know someone who has a story, or you're a nonprofit making a difference in your community, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well, and you take care. <laughs>